0: to Outwit Outplay Outpod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 45, Episode 2, Brought a Bazooka to a Tea Party. Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode?
1: My fire take is that the intro is fire. They brought back the original music, the original montage, people jumping off things in slow motion. I heard the music and within me something ignited. I was like, this is what's been missing. Like, It was perfect. It set the tone for the whole episode. This was an amazing choice by producers.
0: You stole my fire take. I literally was gonna say the same exact thing. I love the montage video. Like it gets me in my feelings. It's classic Survivor. Camera work I think has improved a lot. So to me, it's actually even better than it ever was before. What I'll add to your fire take is I'm also really happy that the whole previously on Survivor recap is back. Do you care about that at all? No. That's crazy to me. To me, like when I was like 10 years old watching Survivor with my family, like previously on Survivor, those were like the words that told you you had arrived at Thursday night. I think it then was. Yeah, I just like, yeah, it's like it's Survivor greeting you. And I get people who feel like maybe it isn't like the best use of the 90 minute amount of time. But I just love a grounding in the episode as I'm starting. To me, it's not a waste at all.
1: I'm in it for the vintageness of it all. I think because I'm, like, newer to Survivor, it doesn't hit the same. Okay. But also, I have the internet, so I don't really need it. It's strictly for nostalgia. And that's tapped in for you, yeah. and I like that it's working.
0: Okay. Yeah, I respect that. I, I'll say, what? Well, how about in short order, I give my Plan B fire take. Plan B fire take is that... I'm kind of sold on Emily. She's sort of back for me a little bit. I I think she did everything she had to this episode to kind of right the ship. I don't think that she is going to secure a very long future in the game. But as bad as she was episode one, I was thinking there is absolutely no path to redemption. And I think this episode, she at least showed there's a path. There's a path. I can tell by your facial expression you could not disagree with this more.
1: Uh, <laughs> is her path sure is she, a path. is she carving it no like that's caleb's path i'm not that's- she she took the director's notes like that's what she did which i guess you could have not but yeah, I weird. think
0: that is actually maybe the better take. Is that like <laughs> Caleb is resuscitating a game I that like
1: literally breathed life into her game.
0: <laughs> completely agree. We'll talk That's about true.
1: this in Survivors on the Move. Uh, yes,
0: we certainly will.
1: Um, anyway, I have a special segment today. There's big news in the Survivor world. Survivor is number twenty three on the. Top 50 Best TV Shows of the 21st Century per The Hollywood Reporter. Wow. This is a list that has Mad Men at number one in its rightful position. So this is actually (laughs) a vetted list. Grey's Anatomy is weirdly missing, but we could talk about that at a later date. Isaac, what do you think? I'll read you a portion of it, of the little book. It says, the show has adapted to a changing society, becoming a staging ground for challenging conversations about racial privilege, gender identity. An all matter of social etiquette. What do you think? And also take pity on Isaac listeners slash viewers, because there are frequent aircrafts that keep flying over my house. And sweet, sweet Isaac will remedy that in the post-birth
0: yeah. process. Rest in peace, Isaac, editor of this episode. Of no worries at all. It's a joy. Uh, interesting on this Hollywood, I, I have to say, even as a big Survivor fan, Really, twenty third best of the twenty third best of the twenty. This is
1: appropriately rated.
0: Oh, here's what I'll say: Um, a list that was organized based on like most influential shows of the twenty first century. Survivor, hands down. Like Survivor, to a degree, invented this genre of like competitive reality TV shows. I think that Jeff himself, like personally has blazed trails where I I think other reality show hosts can only sort of hope to emulate his example. Um, So I'm buying, I'm definitely buying it from the perspective of influence I just think that the the season to season quality of Survivor is not always one hundred percent reliable. I think there are amazing seasons that I'd put up there with some of the best seasons of TV I've watched, and then there are some like so-so ones, and then some sort of really blah ones. So I think it's a really hard show to generalize and like place it somewhere in a list. Any list where Mad Men is the top, which also completely agree, I think that's a great <laughs> take. I would say Breaking Bad maybe I'd, would probably be my number one. Um, Breaking though, Brad, it's
1: actually Bad actually pretty low on this list. We could talk about that later. <laughs>
0: That's a different podcast, I think. Uh, But I love a little recognition from The Hollywood Reporter. I think it is well-deserved from everyone who puts in work into this show, which is an extraordinary lift to achieve.
1: Well done. Um, i hope for many years more. All right, Isaac, take us into the episode preview.
0: Yeah. So coming up this, uh, this week, we'll break down the week's episode as always. We're going to call court into session for another edition of mock tribal. We'll hear a fanfire take folks. The lawyers have been in the inbox. They have things to say about Kayla's libel slander, call it what you will. And then we'll end with our favorite segment survivors on the move. Uh, with that Kayla, should we get started on the recap? Run it. All right. Part one of the recap, we start with Lulu and folks, I take some creative liberties in the whole chronology of these things because survivors always like going this hot, tribe. They're, they're doing a lot of tribe hopping to me. It's not, you know, it's, it's not always easy to follow. Um, so we'll start with Lulu after tribal Emily and Sabaya have it out about Emily's grating personality and her constant accusation. Emily, the next day kicks off the advantage hunting, but it's Brandon who ends up finding the beware advantage. He decides not to open it, though, so Sabaya does instead. Sabaya ends up recruiting Caleb and Sean to help with her search, but they get basically nowhere. Meanwhile, Emily's redemptive arc begins with an emotional day spent trying to rebuild trust as she lays down the bazooka she brought to this tea party. She even gives us a little moral when she shares her epiphany that people are not stocks. They have feelings. Uh, Emily is an investment analyst, for what it's worth. At Bello, Bruce is both class clown and big boss, which grates on Katura, but seems to be winning over most of the tribe. He's also name-dropping other survivors and constantly reminding people of his quote-unquote celebrity status. As alliances take shape, Brando and Kelly appear to be in the middle, with Katura and Kendra to one side and Bruce and Jake to the other. Finally, at Reba, Sifu does Tai Chi in front of the Rising Sun. I'm sure we'll be treated to lots more glamour shots like this one throughout the season. We learn all about Dee's long big toe, and Dee, Julie, Drew, and Austin appear to form a very tight alliance. In Drew's words, he is marshaling the troops to claim his kingdom. And did you know, Kayla, he went to an Ivy League school? It's Goes been to an Ivy League
1: school. Yeah. Once or twice.
0: <laughs> what but did you think? On
1: the topic of smart survivors, we have Jay trying to decode the flag without the, the key, and she's coming up dry for obvious reasons, although I love the chutzpah. She said, we're getting after it. I know it's a code. We're up early. She got on her Zoom. I loved it. In this new era of Survivor, it seems like you need to be a super fan to even get on the show because one of the things that they're always saying is you have to want it and that if we don't feel from your application that you want it, you're not going to be on it. And I think that self-select Survivor super fans, but I was kind of thinking about what it would be like to have a season of folks who kind of only had cursory knowledge of Survivor. What if we brought it back to the beginning and- Had a couple folks who were like, eh, never watched this show, saw it around, thought I could maybe do some swimming and put them all together on the island. Would it lose its magic because they wouldn't be into it and then therefore would kind of crumble or would it be like a nice refresher?
0: I think it would bring the magic back, honestly. I think what can't, I think the thing that can't happen, you can't have a mix of people who've seen the show and some people who have never seen it before. Cause could you imagine being like the one person on Survivor who has no context for what is happening? Like you would be so lost. And the show over these 45 seasons has evolved so much in like the depth of strategy and gameplay and sort of the base IQ of players entering right now is as high as it's It's ever been. So high. And I think that's sometimes a shame. Like, Survivor can be a little... Self-congratulatory and self-referential at times, especially when Jeff is sort of moralizing about like the value of being on Survivor and what it even is. <laughs> We're going to talk about that because there was a lot of Jeff moments that I think bear some <laughs> scrutiny in this episode. Um, but I think that I could do with some people who aren't super fans. Like, what is that Netflix reality show where they like trick them and say that they're on like some reality show, but then they reveal they're on another?
1: Oh, the Mole? No.
0: It's not the mole. It's, it's I don't know. It, anyway, like Survivor, imagine if they did one season, like have people apply for a reality show that was just like, I don't know, some kind of survivalist show. And then there's like a reveal that actually you're on Survivor. Like that would be the only way I think to like, yeah, that would be kind of fun. I'd be in. I think that's a good idea. Um. Okay. So in this opening segment, we also get uh, some beware advantage discoveries. And it comes to light that there are different clues for these beware advantages on it. different tribes. I'm like, yes, hundred percent. Cause so
1: fun. And, why did we think of this earlier?
0: <laughs> I, I was not a fan of how they would just copy and paste the same sort of journey across different islands because it just becomes repetitive. Like they had the thing where you had to like take one bead from everyone and make a necklace. And we saw like that play out three different times. It was yeah. unnecessary, but I like that we're getting a little variety here.
1: And it's, there are different levels of difficulty. Where I said last week that the Cypher one felt a little bit more collaborative to me, the match, the the puzzle paper up, that's totally solo and it's up to you. So it's causing people to have different choose-your-own-adventures. And I'm like, yes, force more um, decisions using mechanisms like puzzles. So fun. yeah.
0: I agree. I thought it was interesting. I I do think we should note here everyone is saying everything to everybody. Um, We'll talk about it later with Drew, but in this case, Sabaya immediately recruits Caleb and Sean. Like very little comp, and and she finds it to be fair with Brandon, so he automatically knows, but very little consideration seems to be given to keeping these things to oneself, which always feels like a mistake to me. But let's let's get get to what was my Plan B fire take. I think I'm already sort of backpedaling from it to be honest about Emily. I just wanted to suggest
1: ten toes down. You, it was your fire take. (laughs) Come on now, don't lift the pinky toe up now. Okay,
0: ten toes down. I guess what I'm asking Kayla is is there a heart in your chest or is it just a lump of coal? Because (laughs) Emily, Emily was giving us. Uh, regret, remorse. I've made mistakes. I'll learn from it. Caleb, take me under your wing. Like this person is not recognizable relative to the narcissist coming strong out of the gates, attacking Drew. Attack. Uh, sorry, attacking Sabia, attacking Caleb, attacking Bruce. Uh, I think there's a path. All I'm saying, I think there's a path for Emily.
1: Sure, I think when she said people are not stocks at her big age. <laughs> <laughs> What? It took you coming to a desert island and being without water for a couple days to really get the juices flowing on that point? I don't know if I could take it seriously. I think Emily could be as brilliant as Caleb in the long run if this is all a ruse. Where (laughs) she is... Planning out this redemptive arc. Like, I prefer to think of the world where Emily's actually learned nothing. Where Emily is like, I'm secure in myself and how I act in group situations, but I can see it's not working for me right now and is impeding my route to a million dollars. So let me switch up. To me, that is more exciting than this faux-tier route where you're learning that you, like, can't diss people and then have them like you at the big age of 20-whatever. It's just not giving. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that's fair. I, th- I think there is a little bit of strategy, a little bit of epiphany that occurred. I don't know if the tear journey is as sincere as she may be portraying it, but I definitely. Also, Jeff
1: was on her neck this episode, <laughs> and he—I don't even think he meant to be, but he was like, "I wouldn't think that you didn't have friends," but then he says, "Because friends lie to you." <laughs>
0: That was interesting.
1: You literally just said her friends aren't telling her about her faults.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's right.
1: feeding, it, hes in of pocket. <laughs> I'm not sure <treating> he <laughs> And
0: I feel like the opposite might be true. Like, can you actually trust the people who are competing against you for a million dollar prize to be honest with you more than you can I, your friends?
1: People don't know you. Yeah. What? It was. It yeah. was a weird moment from Jeff. I didn't. I like Savage Jeff, but this felt a little personal. It felt yeah. a little personal. I didn't know if I liked it.
0: Savage Jeff is here. We're going to talk more about that. Um, moving over to Bello. Kayla, what did you think about the dynamic emerging between uh, Katura and uh, Bruce?
1: I just want to pour one out for Katura because I think everyone who has had class, worked with, been in community with, a man that is literally a clown but everybody seems to like when you are literally brilliant and just shining there like a light and nobody's really noticing you in that moment and this man is just tap dancing on your last nerve because he's so simple and you're like how is nobody seeing this and I just wanted Katara to know that I see her and (laughs) I understand why she doesn't like Bruce he's being weird Let's
0: let yeah, let's talk about Bruce's like comedy routine. He like plays peekaboo with the tribe from the boat. It's
1: so weird. Why? He like
0: points at Brando and does the robot. He's like, "You know what I'm talking about, Brando?" And Brando's like, "Oh yes, the robot." <laughs> <laughs> he's making weird noises like I just it's he's doing everything, everything.
1: He's doing so much and I get why he's or In my mind, he's doing this as part of the uncle bit, the fun uncle bit. But I think the part that is overshadowing is him still telling everybody what to do. So you could do the robot all you want, Bruce, but that's not the dominant um, characteristic that I think is shining through right now.
0: (laughs) I've rarely seen or on Survivor or there, let alone like met someone who goes for class clown and boss as strongly as he does. (laughs) I thought you had to choose one. I guess not.
1: It's not working. I also don't understand why we keep talking about I think her read of him as a threat is incorrect. I don't know why he keeps talking about himself being known. He was literally unless I'm missing something <laughs> show for five minutes all you learned probably is that there are ants and what the weather is generally like I don't think you probably know anything more about this experience
0: totally agree yeah the name what did you as a big Kane fan from last season think about him name dropping Kane to the tribe (laughs)
1: listen leave Kane get Kane's name out of your mouth I am now a Kane fan (laughs) Mainly because I'm a fan of you, of you less, and it's so funny because Kane and Brandon to me have similar energies, but for some reason I was fine with Brandon. Interesting. It's okay.
0: (laughs) See, I'm a Kane guy. I think you're either a Kane, a a Kane guy, or a Brandon gal, and we're on opposite sides of that one.
1: Uh Um,
0: All right. My last note on this section is just. Knees, as I've written down in our outline, Kayla. Have you noticed how just absolutely torn up people's knees are?
1: I think it's the mud. I think the mud, like challenged the ground must have been
0: harder. Was,
1: than
0: was there barbed wire beneath the mud? Like this know. looks like a scary situation. If it's if really if you are that cut up after a challenge, I feel like they messed up designing the challenge,
1: especially Julie's knees. But also maybe they've been getting the rep that it was they were trending too puzzly and now I think they're trying to swing back the other direction so maybe they're like maximizing for bruising
0: they're like (laughs) we want people to have scars for life after competing in these challenges no
1: actual combat as in the square seasons but you have a little knee bruise for flavor.
0: All right, part two of the recap here. So each tribe ends up having to nominate one person to go on a mysterious adventure of some kind. We end up with Bruce from Bello, Drew from Reba, and Brandon from Lulu. When the three meet up on a beach somewhere, Drew and Brandon spill the tea on their home tribes, but Bruce is playing it pretty close to the chest. Each of them has to decide whether to risk their vote to compete in a matching slash combination lock game in order to win an advantage. Drew and Brandon decide to risk it, but only Drew completes the puzzle in time. He wins a safety without power advantage, which lets him leave tribal before votes are cast. He won't get to cast a vote himself, but he'll be totally safe from the vote. Back at Reba, Drew tells his whole tribe about the advantage and says he'll play it for anyone who needs it. That inspires Austin to tell Drew that he opened the beware advantage and the hunt is on for his idol. Later at the immunity challenge, we have a swim, jump, balance puzzle contest for immunity and fishing gear. Jeff mentions that the puzzle is brand new to brand new to Survivor and he also announces a new rule. The castaways cannot sit out back-to-back challenges. In a familiar story, Reba wins, Bello comes second, and Lulu finishes dead last yet again. Before the commercial, Caleb tells us all that this tribe is falling apart both emotionally and physically. We hear you, Caleb. We can see it on the screen. Nothing has been more plainly obvious. I, I think there's got to be some top ten lists of, like, the most dysfunctional slash unsuccessful tribes ever on Survivor. And I feel like this is a show-in for any of us. Why those. do they
1: keep doing this? You it's about
0: awful. This? Yeah. I, and
1: I kind of want them to stop doing the thing where one tribe completely, like cannibalizes itself and sucks so bad.
0: <laughs> and I wonder, if, is it like how the producers are arranging things? Is there just something about like groups of people in human nature? Like you pull a few groups together, there's going to be one like very chaotic vibes tribe. I don't know what the deal is. Um, yeah, but it is not great for the TV content, I would say, uh, the way in which Lulu is lagging so far behind.
1: There's always one, but we get yep. 25 minutes in with no challenge with this new setup, did you notice?
0: I don't think I noticed. I I feel like this early in the season, I kind of expect them to be a little bit more explainy of like who people are and for there to be more time devoted to conversations and stuff. So I I wasn't like missing the challenge. Were you like saying, were you feeling this was dragging before we reached the challenge?
1: I was like, when the challenge finally came, I was like, hmm. check the little mark and we got, more than a third of the episode in. So I think the producer should take our notes. Yeah. And continue giving us yeah. more narrative. Also, I want to come clean with a thought that I just had. I have some kind of sympathy for the Ozzy character, and the Ozzy character, Ozzy himself, the blueprint, did not age well. Like,
0: no, not at all.
1: Brand, aging like milk. And I'm like, why do I find myself still rooting for the Zanders, the Austins? Like, am I okay? <laughs> this is antithetical to who I am as a person. But somehow when you put them on TV, I'm like, very good. Yes.
0: Here's the thing. I think when we like extrapolate from the Aussie type, we really are talking about the athleticism and we're leaving behind what I agree were a lot of very toxic personality traits. Careful like if you go,
1: personality if, traits,
0: if you haven't revisited in a while, like go back and watch Aussie seasons. Like, wow. The megalomania, the, the, fl- the flirtation, the, yeah, no, not, not in this day and age. Uh, Austin is like an all around nice guy in my view. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Oh,
1: anyway, I'll be unpacking that as the season continues. You had a yeah. thought about Claire and Carson and Leslie yeah. from season forty-four.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought there were two things in this challenge that, to me, were clearly extrapolating on things we found from season forty-four. First, Jeff like explicitly mentions that this puzzle has never been on Survivor. I've not really known him to make that call out before. The way Carson had prepared for his season by 3D printing out all of the puzzles he had seen on Survivor, to me that like lit the fire under Jeff and the challenge designers and was like, we can't keep recycling. We have to come up with new stuff.
1: To me, that feels a parallel moment was when they didn't take the stairs away from one show of Beyonce's Renaissance tour after she'd gotten on the horse and there were all those memes like, you know they're getting fired. To me, I feel like that Is what happened with this and the puzzles where Jeff was like, no more, no more. They're 3D printing the puzzles, like get to work, figure it out.
0: Yeah. Which props to Carson. It's cool to have had that profound of an impact on the game. Uh, the other impactful in a very different way survivor from season 44, I think was Claire who you'll remember was the reason why we felt like Jeff wasn't a big fan of participation trophies because (laughs) he would go after her for sitting out every challenge as if she was like, and I never had a problem with it. If the rules of survivor allow you to sit out back to back, sit out back to back. Like there's no need to go out there, be a hero and then reveal that you're like a total liability to your tribe. But Jeff makes this rule change. So now you can't sit out back-to-back challenges. what do you think of that, Kayla?
1: Um, to be fair, I kind of thought this was always the rule for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't oh, know. Well,
0: why. I should say like it did, there did used to be a rule about you not, you, you weren't allowed to sit out back-to-back challenges when it was reward and immunity in one episode. Yeah. We used to oh, always okay. do that. Yeah. And so yes. there was, when that was the model, they had that rule. But they dropped that model when they went to the immunity reward combination.
1: They sure did. Okay. So I was like, sure, because I was not up to date on the new rules. But I do have a thought that if you are going to make this a rule, you cannot make all of the opening challenges because I feel like the first call it fifth of the challenges maybe fourth are all about swimming so I think you need some that are on land because then you take out a whole bunch of people who have deep-seated fears of water and or can't swim and I do think those people should still be able to play survivor like it's not that they don't have the physicality they just have a thing with water.
0: Uh I do also want to talk about Jeff Savage commentary while we're on the topic of Kayla's Savage commentary. Um <laughs> Jeff is going after Lulu as they are lagging behind.
1: No, actually.
0: Like no other. I m- to me the best line was he was like put it in the deep freezer. <laughs> Lulu is lost and I'm like I think I know what that means. I'm not sure. For
1: only like a little. Yeah, <laughs> like your grandfather says, and you're kind of yeah, like kind like, of like, with you.
0: No, mid boy. challenge, he says, "Lulu, it's time to start deciding who's going home." He looks at Lulu's puzzles, which, to be fair, Lulu put in literally like three puzzle pieces into that coral thing. At one point, Brandon is like trying to jam in a piece, and it is like very clear that it is like perpendicular to the
1: and Why is like please stop? <laughs>
0: Yeah, 100%. And
1: again, he wasn't doing much better. So I know we put a lot of the pressure on Brandon on that puzzle. But I was like, mm, it was both of you. You both did not do that puzzle.
0: <laughs> Brandon, well, Brandon, but Brandon, like, pitched himself as a puzzle guy. So, like, I don't know if Savaya ever made that commitment. But, like, I just do don't. like he, he pitched couldn't... himself
1: as a puzzle guy because he can't swim? Like, do you think that this was just... What he had what he felt needed to be done because he definitely wasn't these other things. So maybe he could be a puzzle guy.
0: I, I mean, I don't I just don't know. like Brandon, it's more question marks than answers with Brandon because we've had this sort of like writer nerdy character before. and typically it has involved them having one strength and a couple obvious weaknesses. And as principal Sean says in this episode, he's a liability in every aspect of the challenge. He also pats himself on the back for his social game, suggesting he's so much better at that. I mean, I don't know if I agree. And like the Survivor fan base, if you're on the Reddits, you know, they're not loving Brandon either. Like the social game is not won over very many people and he's gone on day two. So there you
1: go. I think this is going to be another one where there Jeff gets in the back with the producers and is like, who is casting this season? Like, I think they're taking two major L's in episodes back to back with the casting, where these people just absolutely couldn't hack the show, and I do think that is a casting issue.
0: I hate to see it say it, but I tend to agree. Um, okay, so Kayla, here's where we wanted to talk a little bit of a fan fire take. This is a follow up on last week's fan fire take, where we had a listener, mysterious listener named Jay, weigh in about people lying about their professions, and Kayla. You said a few libelous things about lawyers. Let me just read this fanfire take we got from a lawyer. Um, The essence of being a lawyer is that you are an advocate. You identify strengths and weaknesses in your position and those of your opponent, and you seek to take maximum advantage for your client, consistent with legal and ethical constraints. You're a strategic (laughs) thinker a communicator, a a persuader. It's the essence of what you do on a daily basis, often in high stakes situations that have serious personal and professional consequences for your clients. That sounds like a pretty formidable set of traits for a survivor champion. Kayla, your rebuttal.
1: Isaac, I told you the lawyers were going to come for me. (laughs) You
0: don't want to come for the lawyers.
1: I sent for them and they came for me. And you know, I'm going to go ahead and apologize. Yep. because they can sue me and i don't want to pay for my own counsel so there that's you go that. Folks.
0: <laughs> there you go backpedaling a lot of backpedaling this episode well, I'm,
1: I'm going in reverse yeah. <laughs> lawyers amazing formidable perfect love them love you as survivor cast members hope you win so good
0: Okay, last leg of the recap. So back at the Lulu camp, it's deja vu all over again. The tribe is down in the dumps and Brandon and Emily know they're on the chopping block. Sabaya finds her idol in a tree in a coconut attached to a rope, but it's encased in wax that she must burn away to activate the idol. Cue the bitter laughter because Lulu has no flint and no fire. Sabaya reveals this to Brandon and in a show of good faith, Emily gives her shot in the dark to Sabaya to demonstrate her loyalty. At tribal... Jeff regales us with a tale of his journey to JV Basketball Waterboy, while Brandon and Emily reflect on the lessons they've learned and the friends they've made. With just three votes cast, Brandon is sent home.
1: Did you notice the music in this tribal was very ominous, very foreboding?
0: You thought it was like different from previous seasons? I didn't notice.
1: The music actually made my heart palpitate. I don't know what they chose, but... I want them to dial it back.
0: Let's talk a little bit about like the tribal vibe. So you're mentioning the music. I think the set for tribal is pretty amazing. Like it's in the same design language as tribals I've seen before, but it it looks like a small village of huts. Like it seems pretty expansive. It's looking good.
1: Um, It's looking good. Pro good job producers after the chess issues of last season, you've really turned it around. But Isaac, you know what time it is.
0: It's time for Mock Tribal. Let's gavel in another edition. If you don't already know, Mock Tribal is when your typically agreeable host spitfire and spare no feelings as we disagree on a Survivor subject of some controversy. I think we've already done that a few times today. <laughs> Kayla, what is on the docket?
1: On the docket, should Jeff share more personal story stories at Tribal Council?
0: My view is a resounding yes. I believe that Jeff's stories, especially when Tribal has been on life support, as it has in episodes one and two, which is not being very interesting. Like Jeff is a trained entertainer. Like he's charismatic. He knows what he's doing. I am here for, like, the Jeff Probst parables from his childhood and how he connects them to their survivor's story because the survivors are just giving us talking points. I think it's Jeff is the one who we have to, like, lean on to get in there, break the mold, like, get people sort of out of their shells, get them laughing. I loved every – honestly, I loved everything Jeff was doing this entire episode. The way he was coming after Lulu during the challenge (laughs) – the way he was like giving us little fun moments at tribal uh, i thought i thought he did great he he's killing it
1: uh, i agree but I'll, I'll i'll do the opposite side yeah no jeff shouldn't share more personal stories because then the viewer maps the experiences of the players onto the experience of jeff and jeff is like really putting his thumb on the scale here instead of just being fun little narrator trying to move tribal along like if Brandon after the story Brandon literally stands up and it's like yes I am the water boy and the look on Sean's face was reading why would you say that and I know this might have been a facial expression to a completely different quote that the producers mapped in I'm open to that but I don't think that was a particularly great place to be and probably wasn't the thing that was the deciding vote for Brandon, but didn't help.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, when they, when the tribe is weighing the value of their different members and Jeff gives in this analogy where he compares one of the members to him being a water boy for a JV basketball team. I mean, it's it's a pretty powerful an, an analogy. It might push a couple of people over the edge and say, yeah, what use is Brandon anyway? Uh, let us know, fans, what you think about this edition of Mock Tribal. Court is now closed. I did want to share as a means of elaboration what my wife, Nina, said to me uh, at the end of Tribal. Uh, and I quote directly, Jeff is a celebrity. What? Why does he have to talk to all these losers? <laughs> <laughs>
1: One thing Jeff's bills are is paid.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) But there is a bit of a charisma gap sometimes that Jeff has to sort of reach across. And he was doing a lot of heavy lifting this episode and I was here for it. I think he's doing a lot with a little.
1: And he's amazing at it.
0: And he's amazing at it. We love Jeff. Uh, Okay. Now it's time for our favorite segment. Survivors on the move. Kayla, whose stock is rising for you this week?
1: Caleb, all the way up, the way he was there to receive Emily's feelings and redirected them in a powerful way, that was a masterclass. I feel often there are players who think they're playing chess. The ones who say they're playing chess, they're never playing chess. They're doing something, but it's not the big strategy game. This was beautifully done. And he didn't then parade around camp and say, listen, I've got Emily right where I want her. He really is opening up to a partnership with her where he is viewing her and making her feel as if they are equals. And I think that is going to be a really special skill, being able to slightly manipulate someone's emotions and then not say anything about it. Just let it happen. Let it play out. So good. So well done. But actually, I think it was a great episode for alliances more generally. I love seeing them come together. I think everyone has pretty much formed a pretty good group with the exception of one or two. So I would say this episode, generally, a lot of people's stocks were up. The stock that I'm going to say is down is D because she revealed her extra long toe and how that is going to be a game changer in the balance competitions. And you know what? I think she's right. And I would have kept that secret weapon covered in that sock. But otherwise...
0: (gasps) (laughs) Great point. Keep that secret under a sock where it belongs. Uh, Stock rising for me this week. I'm going to be a little contentious here. I'm going to say Drew. Here's what I'm going to say about Drew. I think that Drew is very unlikable in his direct-to-camera asides to the audience, and I think he is very likable when he is in the mix with his tribe. And it can make it a little bit hard, I think, for us to separate our feelings as an audience from Drew and compare them to the folks that he is, you know, getting close to. But, like, I think he and Austin have one of the probably tightest duos in the game. I think the four-person alliance that they've formed around them seems really solid to me. I think the way that they, like, all hid when he came back from the boat and, like, jumped out and surprised him
1: so cute it was so cute
0: (laughs) yeah and i think they did it because they like know drew is fun and they all like him and just so i think drew is actually doing quite good irrespective of his i'm an Ivy leaguer and i'm the smartest person ever on survivor shtick um going down for this going down for me this week um Uh, I know you mean where it was like so much was happening this episode where people were forming alliances. I think that Jake is in serious trouble. I think that if you look at Jake and Bruce, they're kind of trying to like sway Brando and Kelly over to their side. I don't think that they'll ultimately be successful. Bruce at least is liked by some. Jake, I just, maybe he just hasn't had enough screen time yet. I don't see like a sort of magnetic quality that is going to allow him to win people over Right now it's giving just sort of like also Ram. I don't I don't know what his secret sauce is going to be, but I'll stick around for it. But that's all we got today, folks. Uh, that's it for Survivors on the Move, and that's all from us this week. If you want to share your fire takes, shoot us an email at outwithoutplayopod at gmail.com. We love to read those on the podcast. And if you're enjoying our show, spread the word. Tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday to talk about the next episode of Survivor Season 45. But until then, the tribe has spoken, and so have we.